Warning, the information on this podcast is meant to be absorbed without distraction or multitasking. In other words, disengage. Thank you for listening. The Dark Liquor Experiments. No, you will not go out there and say anything yet, because he will be here, Toshiro told the stage manager. Tony had worked the Tanim out for 15 years now. He should know better. Tony was going on and on, whirling in little circles. Toshiro turned away from his camel in crushed velvet visage and tuned him out. He finished filling the two glasses with three fingers a wild turkey neat and stood waiting in the stairwell. The stage door had a small tinted window with a wire grid embedded in the glass. He regarded his reflection. Still your anger, his mother would say. In the reflection, Toshiro saw his mother, brown egg complexion, features as subtle as the slope of sand dunes and vinyl black hair. Still your anger and conquer the world, Shiro. Car doors slammed, giggles fluttered, and heels beat on concrete like a horse-drawn carriage coming to a halt. Toshiro nodded to the security guard who went through and held the stage door open. Cutler Hammer swayed into the door frame. He was built like a Humvee of flesh and bone. His chest was nothing short of Charlton-esque. He wore matching skyscraping redheads as cufflinks. The trio turned sideways to get through the passageway. Three minutes to curtain call, Toshiro handed Cutler a glass of whiskey. What'd I tell you in Dallas, boy? Cutler took down the drink with Pez-like dexterity. Ah, no gloves, no love? Toshiro tried to add some levity to the scene. Yeah, but no. Glad to see you're concerned about my privates. But I mean, drink first, update later. Sorry, he bowed out of habit, a habit he had nearly broken. Cutler frisbeed the girls into the stage manager's arms. Why don't you get a rack and pinion situated out front for me, pal? Camel Man couldn't help but smile as he disappeared behind a wall of deep purple curtains. Toshiro handed him a glass of water. Cutler dipped two thick fingers in the glass and forked them through his hair. The hair laid down like it was paid to do so. Toshiro directed him to a mirror on the wall where he checked all the angles, rolling his head and bearing opalescent teeth for inspection. Who are these people now? Cutler asked. CBG Coakley, Bearson, and Golden, Toshiro said. They're consultants for planned obsolescence. Hmm. Planned obsolescence is when a product is... I know what planned obsolescence is, kid. Of course he did. Cutler Hammer had graduated from Vassar, summa cum laude, no less. The son of a Garden State's monster refrigerator truck monopoly was so high up the food chain he was, in fact, a direct beneficiary of multiple plans of obsolescence. Hammer glanced down at Toshiro's hand. Shit. He handed him the second drink, adding, CBG has been taking a hit in the media, mostly print, but analysts showed. I got it, kid. Zip it. Just give me a second to dig in my brain. Yes, sir. Toshiro fixed the man's collar and tightened his tie. So I was thinking, start with a theory of entropy and nothing lasts forever. Hammer sat down somehow, giving an old burgundy lazy boy the look of nobility. His head was like a block of ice that had been sculpted to look like Brian Dennehy. 
But now it was getting late in the party and his features softened with the thaw. His hair, however, lay shimmering on his roof like virginal Christmas snow. He closed his eyes and balanced the drink on the arm of the chair. Like pressing a button, he decreased the volume of the rowdy crowd in the auditorium to the rustle of low tide. He took a deep breath and began. Although Toshiro was in awe of his act, he turned away to ward off any questions or distractions from backstage. After a dozen or so breaths, Cutler opened his eyes. Hammer cleared his throat with a sip of bourbon. Where's the kitchen in this joint? Tony coughed to clear his throat. And now, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, you've seen him on TV. He's burning up the web with a Kegelian hits pay-per-view. He's debated senators, wrestled polar bears, wrecked a Cessna with Dave Letterman, and built a multi-million dollar self-help empire, all with his bare hands. Please welcome to the stage, Mr. Cutler Hammer. The audience, skinny guys in tight suits, Elvis Costello glasses, pale plaid shirts, braided belts, dyed beards, and buckskin, three-quarter hero boots clapped, neighed, and bucked. Polar bears, huh? teased Cutler, throwing a mock jab at Tony as the two passed. No, nah, seriously enough, Cutler said, it's an honor to be on this stage tonight in front of the smartest, most classiest people in the world. The Tanamount Resort and Casino in lovely Atlantic City. This place is a friggin' palace. Look at the balcony up there. It's like Rome, reimagined. You know who was here last night? Holding this very mic, standing right here? None other than the legendary... Hammer raised both hands and tilted his pelvis forward. Tom Jones. Yeah, give it up for greatness. That's right, he was all like... She's a lady. I want to start with a story from my childhood. I don't think I've ever shared it with anyone till now. When I was a little kid, oh, not so long ago, I walked right outside this very casino, skipped down the boardwalk, went to the beach with my mom, who was yelling, Cuddy, don't go out too far. And we'd stop sometimes and watch the performers. They weren't inside, but they had great shows. Just today, I watched some little boy acrobats. Let me tell you, you want to see improvisation, practice, showmanship? These little bastards were flipping their little hearts out. I said, that's America right there. Mother necessity. Use what you got. Don't complain, build on it. So it was just me and my mom at this time, and she liked to watch the soaps, you know. All my children, General Hospital. I can't tell you who stabbed who and what season, but we were poor. We were so poor, we had two TVs side by side. One had the picture, the other had the sound. It's okay. It's okay to laugh. Now I'm on TV, right? So on the picture TV, we didn't get CBS. When As the World Turns came on, there was just sound. And my mother would be all like, it's fine. As long as I can hear what's going on, I'll put the rest together. It's like reading. Toshiro found his mind wandering through vapory thoughts of his own mother. When he was an unpaid intern, he listened to every word of the man's speeches. He used to mimic Cutler's mannerisms in the mirror and even imitated the hammer strut. But now the image of his mother hovered through his forethoughts. He could see her in the number one top coat nail salon, head lowered with strangers' feet in her hands, the fluorescent gaudy decor and the smell of acetone dissolving his nostril hairs. They slept upstairs in the 24-hour salon, living on sardines and rice. 
When a customer would come, the manager would shake her awake. She'd do the nails, hand over her pay, and then go back to sleep. She rarely spoke about the boyfriend from the Peace Corps who brought her from Korea to the States in the 90s and then simply lost interest. This is life here. She would hold out her fish skeleton fingers, have to work hard to eat, pay bills, but not you. I know, Mom, Toshiro would say. I will work smart, not hard. Bullshit, you work hard and work smart, his mother said. That's a recipe for Coca-Cola, their code word for Americans. The word recipe brought him back to the present. The old Coke, the new recipe, clear Coke, no, that was Pepsi, caffeine-free, diet, cherry, vanilla, Coke Zero. Toshiro learned to work the recipe revenue game like a chef. He'd make his name known, make people repeat it till they pronounced it properly. He would not be just another brown face that goes unseen in a back room. Toshiro was almost there. His voice would influence millions now and throughout time. Anyway, Hammer was projecting a full volume. I would sneak out at night, ride my bike five miles, come down to the boardwalk and sing my impressions. Sammy Davis, Ray Charles, Michael Jackson, you name it. I had a bit and the crowd loved it. Somewhere along the way I learned the power of words. I got Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. on tape and listened to JFK speeches over and over and I learned to speak, to speak well. So, long story short, I saved up for a year and bought my mother a brand new color television. She was speechless. For the first time in her life had nothing to say. She just sat there and cried looking at us reflected in the cloudy rounded glass. Next day, we took those TVs out in the backyard and smashed them with an aluminum bat. Shit, talk about happy. That night, I stayed home. I sat in the kitchen with the empty Magna box box. I smelled the cardboard, smelled the styrofoam. I even smelled the little bath salt pack that says, do not eat on it. The smell of new was so foreign to me, but I loved it. Everybody loves it. Guys, and I'm going to clean this up a bit for the ladies. What's the only thing better than good cookie? New cookie! You better fucking believe it. Ladies, the smell of new shoes, huh? Am I right? A new leather coat, come on. That's like a religious experience right there. Ever sit in a brand new car, just sit there, ignore the salesman, slam the door, close the world out? New. It's how we know we've progressed, grown. I mean, you put on new clothes. Hammer grasped his meaty hands at the air, and you feel it, a power. You feel people looking at you, and you know there's nothing you can't accomplish. The old you has been smashed. Hammer walked over to the side of the stage and stuck his arm out. Toshiro handed him a heavy black frying pan. Now you see this? This is my grandmother's. This made of cast iron. At one time, we thought this was the strangest stuff on earth, and it was. Well, my friends, he put the pan in front of his mouth like a microphone. This pan here is ham banquet. It represents the past, the old stubborn ways, hard as a mother, the ignorance of America past, old men in stuffy houses and making ass-backward decisions for all of us. It's all shit now. Eight-track tape, cassette tape, calico vision, VHS, vinyl, turntables, watches, fax machines, manual cameras, shit, even cash. You know how filthy paper money is? Landlines. Most of you don't remember this, but then came cordless phones. You'd step off your porch and zip dial tone. Now look, 
He pulled out his phone. There's a whole universe of shit I will never need to know right in here. And I'm not trying to be cutesy or metaphysical, but there are billions of people living in this little thing. This is the future. That other shit has to go. Hey, a storm comes along, rips the tri-state a new asshole. What do we do? We rebuild. And look at how beautiful that new boardwalk is now. You could lick it and not get a splinter. Even new stuff. Stuff that you thought was new. It's going to go too. Born anew. That's in the Bible. Cutler placed the pan in the middle of the stage, sauntered to the back wall, and lifted the fire axe. He strutted back to stand before the pan. To move forward, we have to smash the past. He raised the axe over his head, twisting it to the spike side and looked down. He took a breath and struck. He missed. The axe slammed into the stage. The crowd was silent. It was so quiet the stage manager's soft, what the fuck, traveled to the back of the room. Cutler raised the axe again and the black circle beneath him danced from side to side. The crowd liquefied, rose, swayed and backsplashed against the side wall. The wave of plaid cave men was too much for Hammer and he stumbled. He heard the roaring whoosh of a convertible driving fast through a tunnel. Toshiro had never seen the big man off balance. The strut was gone and he'd shrunk. Hammer's shoulders slumped and he teetered like a toddler. We must move forward. The old, uh, uh, and then there's, son of a bitch. I'm talking here. Rat-a-tat-tat. Annie, get your walk on. Are you okay, Annie? Reach out. Touch faith. Buzzwords. Cockamamie. It's all, damn it, buzzing. The snake and the rabbit. Cutler clutched his face with one hand and looked over to the wings grabbing at the air. A tiny blood continent drifted across his right eye. He fell to his knees. Toshiro ran out, hoisted a heavy limb over his shoulder, and lifted the big man up. He helped Cutler off the stage and set him down on the corduroy throne. Cutler Hammer looked almost normal, except his face was screwed hard to the left and his right arm was locked into a chicken wing triangle. He could not speak. Rack and Pinion were banging on the back door. The security guard leaned on the wall and lit a cigarette. Tony was pouring himself a drink and the kitchen staff were all over yelling. Comal! 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 Trying to get their frying pan back. The big man was mouthing the word, What? Toshiro handed his father a glass bottle of Mexican Coke and plucked the mic from his ear. You knew this was coming, Coca-Cola. The full brand name ignited recognition in Hammer's eyes. For the first time, he looked closely at Toshiro. The resemblance was unmistakable. Toshiro stood up straight, smoothed his tie, buttoned his jacket, and strode out on stage. He slipped on the old man's amber gun range visors, pulled the axe from the split stage, and drove the spike through the brittle black iron. The Dark Liquor Experiments are the short stories of Brian Fleming. Ham was read by Ed Coons. Ed is an artist, a writer, an actor, a veteran, and the founder of the East Hells Writers Group. Sound designed by Earl Blaze.